The following audio is from Shiloh Presbyterian Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. More information about Shiloh Presbyterian Church is available at shilohopc.org. All right, I think it's time uh, for us to get started. So let's uh, open with a word of prayer. <clears throat> Our Father in heaven, we are grateful to you for your word as it was proclaimed this morning. We pray that you would, your spirit would work to apply it to our hearts. And now as we contemplate further uh, upon your truth, we pray that your spirit would guide us and direct us in our discussion to the end that you would be honored and glorified and that we might leave here uh, more desiring to be not only hearers, but doers of your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to, excuse me, I'm going to talk about Scripture memorization may be a topic you haven't heard much on. Uh, and if you have any questions along the way, please just... Uh, two inches. Two. All right. There we go. All right, we're going to start by looking at the Shorter Catechism. By the way, by the way uh, people often wonder, should we memorize Scripture or what our, what our Reform standards are? And I would, I would encourage you to to consider both uh, scripture we'll talk about why I think we should memorize scripture but the but the standards the important thing about the standards is they give us a systematic look at uh, what God teaches us in his word so it's very helpful for us as we as we work our way through these questions to uh, help us understand what God teaches us in his word from a theological perspective so I would encourage you to to memorize both <clears throat> And so we're going to start with the Shorter Catechism, question one. We all know it. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Like obviously, one of the ways we do that is to understand uh, his word and to apply his word to our life. What rule has God given us to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him? The word of God, which is contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament, is the only rule to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him. So we need, as God's people, uh, as we live this life, to become familiar uh, with God's Word. And then the third question, what do the Scriptures principally teach? The Scriptures principally teach what man is to believe concerning God and what duty God requires of man. We will focus our time mostly on this idea of what duty God requires of man. <clears throat> now we're going to kind of fast forward in the Catechism here to question 88. What are the outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption? And the answer, the outward and ordinary means whereby he communicates to us the benefits of redemption are his ordinances, especially the word, sacraments, and prayer, all which are made effectual to the elect for salvation. And you notice I have two, two, one phrase, two words underlined, means. We'll talk about that on the next slide. And then the word, the word of God. <clears throat> I'm going to skip by question 89 to go to 90. 89 focuses upon the preaching of the word. And then this question, how is the word to be read and heard that it may become effectual for salvation? <clears throat> that, that the word may become effectual for salvation, we must attend thereunto with diligence, preparation, and prayer, receive it with faith and love. And notice this phrase, lay it upon our hearts. And that might bring a scripture verse to mind to you as you think about that, but lay it up in our hearts and practice it in our lives. And then I have four things here 
when it talked, when it talks about, uh, the word of God. One is preaching. It's very important that we sit weekly under the preaching of God's word. Our pastors are faithful in searching the scriptures and bringing us God's word, uh, each week. I would encourage you. <clears throat> this is just an aside. I would encourage you, uh, to take notes on the sermons. And the reason I, I do that, if you think about it, we, we're in worship 52 times a year, and we're in worship twice a Sunday. That's 104 sermons a year that we hear. And the work that goes into those sermons is, uh, there's a lot of work that goes into it. But the reason I encourage you to take notes is this idea of laying it up in our hearts. I would even encourage you to uh, eventually teach your children to take notes. What we did with our kids, we would take notes, and we eventually got to the point, and we would, at dinner on Sunday afternoon, we'd go over the sermon. And we would get to the point where we would let our children lead that discussion from their notes. And then another thing that you could do is buy a, a cheap study Bible and transfer those notes into the study Bible so you have them. And then over the years, you can come back and look at those notes. Because it's an op- just just think, uh, how much of the sermon last Sunday have you remembered? Or the Sunday before? Because, because our memories can be short. So I would just, as an aside, encourage you to do that, to, to, to make it a practice to take notes and then eventually teach your kids. Of course, when they're young, it's not as, it's not as simple, but eventually you can do it. And I would encourage you to do that. So one, we, we sit under the preaching of God's word that we might grow in grace and, and lay his word upon our hearts. Of course, the reading of the scriptures, I would encourage you to develop a habit of reading the scriptures uh, every day uh, that we, again, may lay it up in our hearts. Then we have meditation. Scripture talks about meditation, Psalm 1. Uh, and then this idea of, of memorization, I'm tying it to that idea of laying it up in our hearts. So I'm encouraging you to think about memorizing Scripture. <clears throat> so we said the outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption. Uh, they're called by different names. It's the means of grace. You've probably heard of that term, the means of grace, the spiritual disciplines, or some people call it the habits of grace. And it's a unique thing that we have as, as human beings that God's made us creatures of habit. And I just throw out a definition of, of habit. It's a pattern of behavior acquired through frequent repetition. And I underlined repetition because it's if you're going to memorize scripture, repetition is very important. All right, let's turn together in our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to read the first 10 verses. Do I have have a volunteer who would like to read that for us? Michael. Yes. But the Spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron, men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude, for it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. In pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine which have 
excuse me, which you have been following, but have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. <laughs> for bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. <laughs> it is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance. For it is for this that we labor and strive, because we have fixed our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers. Okay. Thank you, Michael. Notice verse 7, the latter part of verse 7, that phrase, rather train yourself for godliness. I think Michael's translation said nourish or maybe discipline. The New King James and the King James translates it exercise. And the idea behind this word, uh, we actually get the word gymnasium from this word in the, in the original. And it's talking about sustained effort or disciplined consistency. And it says here that, that we're to train ourselves, but there's a, there's a purpose that we do it. It's for godliness. And then it compares that to bodily training, which is of some value. Now, we, before we, before we moved here, we lived in Michigan, about 20 minutes from Ann Arbor, which is where the University of Michigan is. <clears throat> and it's also the location where Michael Phelps, who you probably know, the Olympic swimmer, he, he trained. He went, he went to the University of Michigan, and he trained there. And he trained. During the peak of his training, he would train six hours a day, Six days a week, he swam about 50 miles a week. Uh, to accomplish that, he had to eat 12,000 calories a day. So think about that. So that's the idea behind this word exercise here or discipline. But God calls us as his people to, to exercise spiritual discipline, which is sustained effort and disciplined consistency. And I think one of the ways we can do that as God's people, uh, is to memorize Scripture. Now let's turn over to, to Hebrews chapter 5 together. <clears throat> the latter part of Hebrews chapter 5, <clears throat> starting in verse 11, it says, it says this, About this time we have much to say, and it's hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you against again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature. And notice what it says now. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. That's the same word that was used in 1 Timothy 4, this idea of exercise, sustained effort. But solid food is for the mature, but those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. God has made us creatures of habit. And so we need to, I think, hide his word in our heart as the, as the catechism suggests. And then one other passage before we move to the next slide. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Chapter 3, I'm sure a passage you're all familiar with, <clears throat> in verse 16, it says this, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, 
And then notice what it says. For training in righteousness. To what end? That the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So we really need to place a value upon the Word of God. First of all, it's His Word. Uh, You learned that in Sunday school last week as you're going through the confession. And so it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Now, it's not the same word as the word that's used in Hebrews 5 and 1 Timothy 4, but it's the idea of being nourished uh, by the Word of God. And so God calls us to to train ourselves for godliness. And one of the ways I'm going to suggest that we do that is by memorizing God's Word. Now let's talk about some of the benefits that we would receive by memorizing Scripture. And one of the benefits is in our in our sanctification. Short of Catechism, question 35, what is sanctification? It's a work of God's grace whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God and able more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. To die unto sin and to live unto righteousness. One of the ways we can do that, let's together turn to Psalm 119, is to hide God's word in our heart. Verses, let's look at verses 9 through 11. <clears throat> These are are good verses to memorize. How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I think that's just another way of saying what? Memorized. Two quotes here that I have from. from two saints of old, Charles Bridges, who I really commend his commentaries. He's written one on Psalm 119, he's written one on Proverbs, and he's written one on Ecclesiastes. Very, very good. And he says this, that it may be ready for constant use. He's talking about hiding God's Word, storing God's Word. The value of the Word is inestimable as a means of walking with God in the hurry, business, and temptations of the day. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Matthew Henry, stored that it may be ready. See how similar the phrases are? Two different men. Stored that it might be ready to him whenever he has occasion to use it. So it's very, again, that it it may be ready for constant use so that we can bring it to mind as we live life as God's people. And by the way, if uh, anybody's interested, so I have a, free app that you can get Matthew Henry and John Calvin's commentaries, uh, even all the reform standards. So if you're interested in that, you can see me afterwards and just scan the QR code. Uh, very, very helpful. You can have it right on your phone. Um, so let's, let's look at another verse that's, that will help us see how this principle is worked out. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 4. Just keep Psalm 119 in mind. <clears throat> and as you're turning there, I'm just going to quote Mark Kirby here from this morning. He said, let's be serious about putting off sin, right? When we were talking about, when we were doing the reading of the law, let's be serious about putting off sin. Well, one of the ways we do that is what? Hide God's word in our heart that I might not sin against you. So one way we can be serious about putting off sin is to memorize God's word. All right, let's turn to Matthew chapter 4. First 11 verses. Notice how our Savior 
responds to Satan here. Can I have a volunteer to read those first 11 verses? Charlie, thank you. Uh, 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you shall strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Thank you. Now notice, three, three different times he's tempted. Notice the context. It says, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, it says in verse 2. So, tempter comes, and what's he do? He hits him at his weakest point. Command these stones to become loaves of bread. And Jesus responds by doing what? He responds by quoting scripture, right? From memory. And he does it three times here. Uh, and so, one of the benefits, right, in our sanctification is hiding God's word in our heart that we might not sin against him. And we have our Savior's example to us on how to do that, right? So I would encourage you to think about hiding God's word in your heart. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This is one verse. So the, the context of chapter 10 is, is warnings against idolatry. And <clears throat> notice what he says in verse 13. Paul says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And I, I would suggest that one of the ways, one of the ways of escape that he, that he provides is God's word, right? Hide it in our hearts. When temptation arises, bring God's word to bear on that situation, just like our Savior did. Let's turn to Psalm 119 now. <clears throat> By the way, just a, an interesting historical note. <clears throat> William Wilberforce, who was the, the leader of the abolition of slavery in England, <clears throat> would walk back and forth to where he worked from where he lived. And over that, over that walking back and forth, he memorized Psalm 119 over a period of time. So think about that. Just keep that in mind as we'll, we'll cover something related to that on the subsequent page. All right, Psalm 119. Let's look at verse 148. <clears throat> this is just a personal application that I use of, of memorizing Scripture. And verse 148 says this, My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night. So I'm, I don't know about you, but I usually don't sleep through the night. I don't know how, how the rest of you are. I'm sure I'm not unique in that situation. 
But just so just think about this. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. So a lot of times when we wake up, our mind starts to race, right? We start thinking about the next day. We start thinking about what we, what, what we have to do. We start thinking about a situation in our life. We may be stressed out about something. What has helped me is that I will start to cycle through my memory verses. You may want to memorize Psalm 23 or whatever it is. I, I, a lot of the times I'll go to the Psalms and start reciting those, right? And it, it distracts me from, the, from, from whatever's on my mind. And so God has used that to help me um, when I'm awake during the night. It's just a way to use uh, the time, to redeem the time, right, by cycling through some memory verses. And a lot of times I fall, I fall back to sleep while I'm doing that. So it's just a, a practical application, I think, of uh, in our sanctification, how we can use memorizing Scripture. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your problems. doesn't say memorize there, but meditate. And, but memor- memorization can lead to meditation, right, as we reflect on God's Word. So I would encourage you to uh, just another motivation to, to memorize the Scriptures, <clears throat> to continue the benefits. And by the way, these benefits are just the ones I have come up with. There may be more. If you have any, please share them. Uh, Psalm 119.24, your testimonies are my delight. Notice what it says. They are my counselors. And there's another Charles Bridges quote. The great concern is to cultivate the habit of the mind, which falls in most naturally with the counsel of the word. We are depending upon the Lord himself for counsel, as if we were listening to an immediate revelation from heaven, his word, his word to us. They should be our counselors. Now, they can be our counselors in in different ways, right? We can use the word of God uh, as parents in counseling our children, right? And we can bring the word of God to bear upon situations. And we'll talk about that in, on, a, on a subsequent slide. Uh, they can be used as counselors as we interact with one another, right? As we bring scriptures to mind, if a person's going through a particular situation, uh, we, can, <clears throat> we can bring the scriptures to bear uh, in each other's lives as we bring them, as we, as we bring them uh, to mind. We sang Psalm 62a. Uh, this morning, Psalm 62, there's a portion of Psalm 62 that is very good uh, to encourage. Uh, even in writing a note, it says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. And then listen to this verse. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So that we can use verses like that to encourage one another when we're going through. We live in a fallen world. Uh, we're called to fight the good fight of faith, right? And we need to encourage one another. One of the ways we can do that is to bring God's word, right, to each other. Just a couple of verses here I have listed. Let's, let's take a look at those. Uh, Proverbs chapter 2. Let's turn there together. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 7 verses, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call up for insight and search 
or in raise your voice for understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. So that second phrase in verse 1, treasure up my commandments with you so that they can become our counselor. The author here is saying that we should treasure up God's word. Over to chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. My son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, let them not escape from your sight. Keep them with, there it is, keep them within your heart. Another way of saying memorize scripture. Keep them within your heart. We're going to, for the sake of time, move past Proverbs 22. You can read that at your leisure. Another benefit we have for memorizing scriptures in our parenting. Let's turn to Deuteronomy 6. We'll read verses 4 through 7. Oakley, do you have that? Okay. When you get there, can you read it? Pick on my Sunday school class. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk, walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. All right, parents, listen up. Verse 6, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And then verse, which leads to verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. So the point, the point the, that God is giving us here is, is that we're to use God's word in our daily life, right? We are to, to bring it to bear, uh, both there's formal times of instruction, right? Like Sunday school or whether we're doing family worship or family devotions that we, that we talk about God's word. But it's saying more than that here. It's saying when you sit by your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So in, in every circumstance in life, basically, is what it's saying. We need to bring God's word to bear in the lives of our children. Uh, and we do that a lot. We probably do that more informally than we would formally as parents, right? As we teach them, as we raise them, as the church collectively helps in that, God's telling us that we need to have his word on our heart, that we can use that word in these daily circumstances or events of life. So it's very useful, very helpful uh, in parenting. And, And we have to remember as parents that we have a delegated authority, right? God is the ultimate authority in our, in our children's lives. And so it's very important for us to, when we instruct our children, not simply to say, do this because mommy or daddy says so. Just a minute. Do this because mommy or daddy says so, but do this because God says so, right? Scott? Yeah, Ed, I was just going to share the anecdotal story from our own family worship experience. We would do small little memory verses, you know, as you're the head of that family worship, if you're stumbling through it and trying to figure out what to do, you know, during the course of the years. And then I remember, uh, you know, Beverly, I don't think any of my family's in here, so I get noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting to see how 
Uh, Beverly took it later on. You know, I forget how old Matthew and Jack were, but uh, through the course of time, they memorized the entire book of James. And I remember, you know, you do little steps and you just kind of put little steps together. And then that big step when they did that, and it's, I'm not saying this very for us, it's, I remember the sensation I got was, wow, this is way bigger than the little steps I was taking. And I think that's kind of, I think, where you're sort of driving that with this, too. It's like those little cumulative steps, the sum of those can be unbelievably huge and impactful, um, you know, just to, to get there. And it's not just the memorization. It's that they had to memorize, but they had to internalize as well. Right. That's the key, right? Internalizing. Training yourself for what? For godliness. That's why we covered that passage. Thank you. Anybody else? All right, let's move on. I was worried I wasn't going to have enough. Now I'm worried about finishing. Um, another benefit, evangelism, right? First Peter 3, 14 and 15, uh, especially verse 15 here. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's within you. So we could be in circumstances um, that God places us where we have an opportunity to witness to somebody, to evangelize. We hide God's word in our heart, um, especially as we learn verses about the gospel or about salvation. We, it, it would help us, right, to be able to, to explain the gospel, reach out to people uh, and share our faith. If we have, uh, maybe you have a Bible with us, and that's fine too, but if not, we can always be prepared if we have God's Word hidden in our heart. Now, let's talk about some hindrances to memorizing. All right. Number one, I'm not good at memorizing. Or I'm too old to memorize. I'm going to put Tom Slaughter on the spot here. Tom, what's your address? 68. <laughs> what's your telephone number? You don't have to tell me this, but you know your social security number, right? Why do you know that? Ah. I've said it a million times. God's made us and given us the ability to memorize, right? We memorize all kinds of things. Why not God's word, right? So I, it's an ex- really, I said hindrances, but it's really an excuse, right, that I'm not good at memorizing. We can memorize. Uh, <clears throat> another maybe excuse we use, I don't have the time. Now, I'm saying this, I'm saying this cautiously, this, this statement here, that we make time for what is important to us, right? Because we're all in different phases of life. Uh, and it, 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 quite frankly, it's going to be more difficult for some of us to set aside time for memory than it is for others, right? We have a lot of young families in this congregation and, and mothers caring for their children. And that is a lot of work and takes a lot of time. Uh, and so there may not be as much time uh, to do that. So I would urge husbands of young families, make sure you help your wife have time to spend in the word uh, because raising a family uh, is, is a daunting task. And so I, but we do make time for what is important to us, right? Uh, it's just a, a fact of life. Now, what to memorize? <clears throat> These are just suggestions, gospel passages. What I mean by, by, uh, by gospel passages I'll just let's turn to Ephesians chapter one. So the gospel can be simple as 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, right? But when you peel back the onion and understand how God saves his people and why God saves his people, uh, it gets a lot richer and fuller and and deeper in that, right? So let's look at Ephesians chapter 1. And so when I suggest memorizing gospel passages, this is one that I would suggest. And it's 3 through 14. We don't have time to read the whole passage, but we'll start with verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And then it goes on to say, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us uh, in the beloved. And so we see here uh, Paul breaking out in doxology as he reflects upon the gospel in, 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 the, in the first spiritual blessing that he talks about is election, right? In verse 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So again, so these are, these are the kind of passages that I suggest maybe memorizing when I say gospel passages. Ones that here, here just Paul breaking out in doxology as he reflects on what it means to be in Christ. Psalms. So, you know, there's obviously some psalms that come to mind, right? Psalm 23. When our kids were young, we put an addition on our house. We had a bi-level, and so we put a we put a, a bedroom on the first floor. Kids had always been on the second floor, and <clears throat> so they were now further away from mom and dad. They were on the first floor, so there were some times where they would. Uh, either have nightmares or be afraid and we get a little knock on the door, you know, in the middle of the night or a storm came or something. And so what we decided to do is we, we memorized Psalm 121 together, right? And Psalm 121, one part of Psalm 121 says what? He who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor what? Sleeps, right? And so you help your kids, uh, just a, a practical application uh, from the Psalms to help your kids work through some circumstance they're going through, right? Psalm 121. And so that's why I suggest memorizing Psalms. Prayers in the Bible. Um, <clears throat> let's turn quickly to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, notice verses 9 through 14. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now I'm going to tie this one, point number three, prayers in the Bible with number five, verses on adoration or apply a science. Verses on adoration, where did that come from? But I would suggest to you, uh, so when we pray, <clears throat> there's different forms of prayer, right? And so as God's people, we often spend most of our time where? In supplication, right? And so here, just notice the richness of Paul's prayer here. And that can shape our prayer as God's people, right? As we reflect on how he prays, that can shape how we pray as God's people. And so it also can lead us uh, to adoration as we reflect. Just notice verse 12 and uh, 13. 
giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Just let that soak in. And then verse 13, he's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. And so those prayers uh, can lead us to adoration and to, to, to adore God. And then passages like Isaiah 40 or Psalm 139, those, those passages that teach us about God's majesty and his greatness. Right, And then number four verses related to besetting sins or temptations like Jesus did in Matthew chapter chapter four, right? And then verses your children are memorizing. Maybe you just memorize them with them, right? How to memorize. <clears throat> I'm just going to give you a couple. So here's, a, here's something you can get online, an approach to extend a memorization of, memorization of Scripture. Andrew Davis, he's a pastor in actually Durham, North Carolina. You can get this PDF. It also, you can get it as a book form. He uh, he talks about memorizing books of the Bible. Uh, <clears throat> that's a little much for me, my small brain. But <clears throat> here's just this is just a quick summary of how he does it. How he day one read one verse out loud ten times, cover the verse and recite ten times. You're done day one. Day two you recite day one verse ten times, read verse two out loud ten times, cover the verse. When I say cover, I mean put something over it so you can't see it and recite 10 times. So the key here, like anything in a Christian life, right? And that's why I brought this up earlier, is repetition and review. Repetition and review. And it doesn't take a lot of time, right? It doesn't take a lot of time. This is how I do it. I do it. I'm a little anal. I have a three by five card that I laminate, right? And I just, I pick verses that I want to memorize. This is how I do it. I'm not going to read it to you. You can see it there. Five days, and it works pretty well. And then you add verses and restart the five-day cycle. But the key is you got to keep review, recently memorized verses for three months, periodic review of memorized verses. I just, you can take five minutes a day and, and cycle through five cards and uh, repetition and review over time. And then if there's passages, and again, the, the key right here is for godliness. Um, John Piper's church, they have put together a members program. They call it their fighter verses. Well, because we're in a fight, right? And so it helps us to bring God's word to bear in our daily lives. <clears throat> Any questions? We're right at 12 o'clock. So I would encourage you uh, to begin this practice. There's ways that you can carve out time. You're washing the dishes. You're taking a walk. Uh, you're exercising. Just there's, there's ways you can carve out time to, to memorize and to review. So when we use the um, some of Piper's verses, they also give you these little, they're called soldiers, fighters. You know, when you, your kids would memorize a verse, you'd give them one of these soldiers, right? And they would see how many they could acquire over time, just, a, just as, a, as, a, as a motivation. I mean, uh, God's word should be enough motivation, but that's just a way to, uh, our kids thought that was a big deal. So, all right, let's close with a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this time together. We we do pray, Father, that you would um, hide your word in our, our hearts, that we might not sin against you, that we do pray that you would uh, train us, Lord, uh, for godliness, that you would work in us uh, a desire to know you more and more, uh, give us a growing love for your word, and therefore a love for you as our triune God, that we might. Uh, 
uh, fight the good fight of faith that we might live for your glory. And we pray all this in Jesus' name.